Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Blake Level, with me as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan, back here with uh, more win projections. Dylan, we did the AFC on the last episode. Now we move on to the win projections for NFC teams. And as we did on that one, we'll go division by division here and just give some thoughts on um, some of these teams and what their projected win totals are. We start with the NFC East and uh, the Eagles, 11.5. Their projection, uh, or their projected win total here, that's the highest of any team uh, in the NFC, and it is tied with the Chiefs and Bengals, I believe, uh, Dylan, for the highest win uh, projection total uh, for any team in the NFL, so not surprising to see the Eagles there. Cowboys at 9.5. I know we're going to talk about that one (laughs) here in a second. Uh, The Giants at 7.5, the Commanders at 6.5. So, that's where things stand with the NFC East. And, uh, again, Dylan, not a surprise to see the Eagles here at the top. Cowboys 9.5, definitely, I think, the most interesting number uh, in this group. Yeah, I, I understand the Giants number being a bit maybe lower than you would have expected for a team that made the playoffs last year. But this is, you know, kind of like the Vikings. We'll get to the NFC North briefly. But a team that uh, did not feel like they, despite their record, uh, were necessarily going to be a real contender to get anywhere past where they did, which is the divisional round. You saw them in, in the, against the Eagles in the playoffs, and just overall when they faced better competition throughout the year. Some opponents that beat early in the year we thought were going to be better, like when they beat the Packers, like, oh, it's a big moment for the Giants. Obviously, the Packers only make the playoffs. So for, uh, yeah, I kind of understand the bottom ones there. But, yeah, the Eagles and Cowboys, interesting to me, there's a two-game gap there. Um, the the same Aaron Schatz DVOI projections I always look at every year that really help me with these kind of things. Have the Cowboys with the tied for, with the Niners for the highest win total in the entire NFL, uh, just a little over 11 for their average uh, projected wins. They're expected to be a top uh, three DVOA team on both offense and defense. I mean, if you do that, have decent special teams, you're going to win a lot of football games. But the schedule that's kind of in the middle of the pack is supposed to be 13th, whereas Philly, unlike last year where we knew there, we thought there was going to be a, a jump, and there certainly was for this team, uh, and they had an easy schedule, one of the easier ones in the entire league. They end up going 14-3. and three. Maybe a lot to ask them to go above that number. I think if this was at ten and a half, I'd feel pretty good about going over. But man, I think they nailed this one. Uh, the win, uh, win average, win uh, total that DVOA has with their simulations has them at ten wins. So you, you might, I might kind of, I, I'd feel bad about it. But eleven and six season doesn't sound out of the realm of possibility. I mean, I still think this offense and the offensive line is an absolute unit. I, I you know, this number, yeah, eleven and a half is, feels exact. Like I. I would have a hard time kind of going either way and feeling good about it. Um, I'd probably take the over because I like to be a little optimistic and I uh, did enjoy last year the fulfilling everything we talked about with the Eagles in the preseason. Uh, it's still supposed to have a pretty good defense. I know at times that you know losing Hargraves uh, to San Francisco is going to be a tough uh, pill to swallow, but I still think this team has they're just such a uh, you know deep unit. They do lose some guys in the secondary. They got some ch- uh, cheap 
acquisitions that ended up, you know, at, at pretty premium positions there that made a big difference. They've had some, a couple of injuries in camp, but I still believe in the Eagles. Uh, but I mean, there's a clear separation. I know the Giants kind of stuck around last year and obviously made the playoffs, but I, this is a division, and this is not an uncommon thing in this conference to have divisions that are basically split down the middle. The Commanders, I, I'm excited to see what Eric Bieniemy does uh, there. It's been a fiery camp by all accounts uh, with how everything's gone. I, I think their defense has a chance to be pretty good, though. I know they've they kind of fell back to earth the last couple of years. Still, you hold out hope of those flashes of what the 2020 team um, was able to do and winning the division. They're projected to have the fifth-best EVOA on that side of the ball. And it's not overly surprising when you think about the personnel they have. It's just, it can the offense just formulate something seeing Terry McLaurin get injured hopefully not badly with his toe there a preseason game uh, earlier this week it's a little scary but um I think they're uh, six and a half you know seems like you know might be right on but for me I mean they have a schedule that's not exactly easy but with the way their defense uh, I expect them to perform I think they should be in a lot of games and I don't think seven wins is out of the realm of possibility so um the Cowboys are the one that I know you, like you said, it's the most interesting one to me. That's uh, I'm going right now. If I was in Vegas, give me the over on that. Like I'm, I'm feeling yeah. pretty good about this team, and you know, maybe not winning. You know, the expectations for Dallas are always just kind of uh, you know all over the place, and it, it's almost become like similar to in college football with Texas football. Like it's Texas back at all these times, and you always there's always a lot of hype. But at some point, they're probably going to break through with all the recruiting they do, right? And the Cowboys, are they going to break through eventually? <laughs> I don't know about in the play- playoffs, but I feel pretty good and good about them getting to the playoffs again. What they do there will be a, a separate conversation. But uh, it's a pretty complete team. Uh, they've, they've drafted well. Excited to see what some of these guys do. I know they still have – you'd like them to have a little more depth in the receiving game and even at running back. But Deuce Vaughn's look pretty uh, dang good in the preseason. Um, you feel a little bit better than you did maybe going into the preseason with Zeke's departure. Uh, but overall, yeah, maybe I'm just being way too high on Dallas, but I think this is a two-team race, and both teams are ultimately, in my opinion, going to be 10-plus uh, win teams. The only question is if the Eagles can get over that 11.5 there. Yeah, AFC East, NFC West are the divisional tie-ins for this um, this one here. So, I mean, again, that's that's a tough slate just when you add those two to the mix. But I think with the Cowboys, they start off at the Giants, primetime game to start the season. Um they get the Jets at home, got to go to Arizona, Patriots at home. I mean, look, there's a great potential there for them to be 4-0. Um, yeah. I would think they'll be favored in all four of those games. Uh, and so, you know, then you got to go to San Francisco and you go to, to play the Chargers, um, and then things get a little bit interesting from there. But, you know, look, you still got games on there, as we said, against, you know, Washington and at Carolina and, um, you know, th- those kind of games. So I would probably with you, I think, I don't know how much further I would go over uh, if, yeah. I, if I'd give them 10 wins, but I think I can get them to 10 and feel pretty good about that. I mean, the Eagles, as you said, sort of – it's a similar situation because, you know, it is looking at the schedule and there are some tough opponents on there, but you also, you know, get kind of those situations where you've got like Tampa on there, which we fully expect Tampa to be much worse um, this season, you know, just kind of given the, the structure of where things are. You've got kind of – I think the Eagles have – probably and of course I haven't I couldn't do this on top of my head but if you just compare schedules right I think the Eagles may have the most interesting three game four game stretch actually (laughs) I take that back Dylan five game stretch of any team in the entire NFL and it makes sense for a team that got the Super Bowl they play the Cowboys on November the 5th they get a bye after that the Cowboys game is in Philadelphia they go to Kansas City on November the 20th 
They host the Bills on November 26th. They host the 49ers on December the 3rd. They go to Dallas mm. on December the 10th. That's a five-game stretch right there um, that is just loaded with potential uh, you know, Super Bowl-type teams. Three of them, I haven't looked at the odds lately, but I would have to think the Chiefs, Bills, and 49ers are among the highest odds to win the Super Bowl uh, of anybody, and the Eagles probably in there too. So that's a wild stretch of games there um, yeah. that can make or break your season. But really, I think when you look outside of that, there's a lot of games they can navigate and pick up some wins. So, yeah, pretty high on the Eagles uh, and Cowboys uh, again this season. So, Yeah, I think. I mean, the thing is about uh, last year, too, a lot of talk, as I mentioned, about the easy schedule. But Jalen Hurts just took such a big step as a passer. Yeah. Uh, like, And I don't think it's it, it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't just because he had a good offensive line and, pro- you know, arguably the best one-two receiving punch you could – I know there's some other teams that would – like to uh, put themselves in that argument, but I think they're right up there with Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. Uh, but yeah, that it, it's it's the schedule is the most dictating thing for uh, my. I believe the Eagles are a great team. I still think they're one of the a few top Super Bowl contenders in this conference. But like you mentioned, that five game stretch is just absolutely daunting, even for a team of their caliber. I think they'll find a way still to win those games uh, or you know win a, a better portion than they lose at least and they're not they're the kind of team as we saw last year the great teams take care of business against their poor opponents so uh as much as i <laughs> mentioned like, being kind of excited about what washington can do to be a potential over and still think the giants are maybe a little bit better than the, uh, even if i you know maybe the seven and a half feels about right um i think the eagles are going to take care of it as four wins in my opinion right there uh but yeah this it's just tough when you're facing yeah the the Chiefs, and then also the entire AFC East. I mean, that that five-game swing you're getting from the other conference doesn't make it easy on you. Um, in addition to, I, you know, we saw last year they took care of business with Minnesota, but Tampa Bay is not a as a, the division reigning division winner that they they get from uh, their NFC South opponent. I think they'll take that one. So they they have enough wins where, oh man, that one's it's going to be tough, but. I don't know. It's going to be a fun season for, uh, as a neutral fan and maybe more of a roller coaster for the Eagles um, overall. But I still think by, at the end of the day, this is one of the best teams in the league. And in my opinion, I don't think there's uh, really a chance of them falling way too low. It's just, can they get 12? That's uh, 12 and 5 is not, it's, it's not an easy task in the NFL, even in the NFC. All right. Now let's get to um, something that I don't know that I ever thought we'd, we'd kind of discuss here on uh, this podcast. An NFC North where the Lions are projected at nine and a half wins and everybody else is below them. Um, the Lions, nine and a half. The Vikings, eight and a half. Packers, seven and a half. Bears, seven and a half. I think it's safe to say, Dylan, since this podcast existence, we've never talked about this with the Lions, I think, is the front runner to win the division. Uh, but here they are, um, a full game ahead of everybody else, two games ahead of the Packers and Bears. And so, you know, sets up a very interesting dynamic here. If, if you're a betting person, which we are not professional bettors, but <laughs> – Boy, it seems interesting to think about the thought of being all in on an alliance over nine and a half and them getting to 10 wins. But I tell you, when I look at their schedule, I think there is absolutely a very realistic possibility that they do just that because, um, you know, may not start off pretty at the Chiefs on, on game one. But when I keep looking down the schedule the rest of the way, Falcons in Detroit, Panthers in Detroit, at Tampa, Raiders in Detroit, Bears in Detroit, Packers in Detroit, um, Broncos in Detroit. You know, I just keep going down this, and I'm like, there's a lot of potential here for this Lions team. And, and we saw, we talked about it last year, kind of the emergence of this this franchise. Um, 
I, I tend to think that I would probably be someone that feels pretty good about going over with the Lions. Mm-hmm. And I'm, then I'm going to say this, Dylan, to wrap up everybody else. I don't know what to do with these other three teams <laughs> because I think there is a wide range of possibilities for all three of these teams. And I think we may have talked about this on the previous episode. This, to me, may be the hardest division to pick in terms of predicting a one through four order of finish. I have no idea what combination this could be. And I think it kind of shows <laughs> that with these teams only being two games apart, essentially, in the win projections, all four yeah. of these teams. Yeah, I, earlier in the offseason, it kind of the, the conversation was a little bit of maybe a separation with the Lions and Vikings in some order above the Packers and Bears, but it started the, the, that bridge has started the the, uh, the gap has started to come together there. And it's, I think it starts kind of with the Packers. They're a team at seven and a half here, as you mentioned, um, that right now has a nine point uh, three projected win total from from uh, Aaron Schatz's DVOA projections, which is an indication mostly of this defense being kind of middle of the road, but also the offense wasn't, you know, still was able to get almost to the playoffs last year with some subpar play. And, you know, with Jordan Love, he's not, you know, trying to expect anything like what we saw from Aaron Rodgers, even his first year. And Aaron Rodgers' first year, if I'm not mistaken, the Packers went first year starting, uh, taking over for Brett Favre. They went 6-10. and 10. So, that I mean, that would put them under this. But I, I have – maybe overly just because their schedule is the third easiest projected in the league. Um, yeah. the same way kind of, you kind of mentioned with Detroit, I think they're more like 10th easiest based on the, uh, how the projections look, but I think that that's going to, we're going to see some inflation with those win totals for them. Um, I still don't, you know, as much as I want to be excited about the bears and I know I've talked a lot about the Vikings being a team that was, you know, playing way over their heads record wise compared to what all the advanced numbers show. They were, I think they, in the regular season, they didn't lose a one score game. Of course they finally do in the wild card round of the giants um, in Chicago, as much as, I want to believe in some of the things they're building, and I think they're taking positive steps. I thought they had a good draft. Uh, by all accounts, Darnell Wright has looked amazing in camp. He definitely looked great in that first preseason game. Um, I still think the Bears have some work to do defensively overall and just roster-wise. I think it's going to take a sec. So 7.5 for them feels a little optimistic. They have the lowest projected win total by Aaron Schatz. It's DVOA projections at 5.4. So they're probably going under there. The lines are right on, basically. They got, uh, I think it's 9.7. So like you said, I it's easy to find the wins there. The thing with the Lions is can they have the same health in the offensive line? That offensive line was one of the best in the league, and I think you just see the difference in Jared Goff's play. As we know historically, going back to those Rams days too, when there was pressure coming in his face and teams started to kind of figure things out with um, how to defend the Rams, after, especially after um, – not even well, just Super Bowl Fifty Three with Bill Belichick, but also the Bears. You know, Vic Fangio uh, in the regular season that year kind of put the clamps down on that explosive offense. I think Jared's grown as a quarterback, and I, th- I think he's even better than he was then. Um, but still, you know, those first few weeks with, without uh, Jamison Williams, and you know, maybe there as, as much as I do like some of the receivers they have, I don't know if it's the deepest receiving room uh, after Amonra St. Brown. So, I mean, if they can – but I'm so excited to see, obviously, Jameer Gibbs. I think the defense really took strides and has a chance to be way better than they were last year. I think they finished, in the, yeah, 28th in DVOA last year. Middle of the pack is not – I don't think is, is hard to imagine with the, the talent that they have and the emergence of some of these guys. I mean, that number is a little deceiving because in the second half of the season, you really saw Aiden Hutchinson step up his game to another level. I think the secondary has a chance uh, to get better, bringing in guys like Cha- Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Cameron Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley. I mean, not, maybe not the most dominant and like flashy names, but guys that are pretty solid. So I, 
imagine I, we think the hype train's kind of crazy right now imagine if they beat the chiefs on opening night <laughs> what the hype yeah. for the lines is gonna it's gonna just explode i'm not necessarily predicting that we'll see when we get to that predictions episode but um i i think i just i think that there's a that nine and a half is probably close to right on but i, I think there's just two there's more instances of i see me seeing this as a double digit win team than there are not um i think 10 and 7 is a pretty good target and i think that's probably good enough to win this division unless the vikings can pull uh, you know Kirk cousins can pull more magic um out again and and lead a team that was 27th in dvoa to 13 wins i i don't um i, I yeah like you said after i mean there could be the th- one through four even with the lines i think any i wouldn't be completely shocked i'd be probably pretty surprised if the bears won this division i'm probably pretty shocked but i, I wouldn't be surprised if any of the other three um well, uh, even if i feel way better about where the lines are I, if you told me that jordan love was going to be a, a little above average and the packers were you know with the, a lot of the drafting and depth that they have and finally the defense kind of clicks i wouldn't be shocked if they uh if, if they get went nine and eight and maybe that's all it takes to win this division i wouldn't be surprised but I'm still right now. The Lions feel like the safest pick to me, which is insane. Like you said, it's not something we've really ever said uh, much on this podcast. Um, but yeah, just I think on, honestly, uh, as much as I don't want to just seem like a Vikings hater, but I feel like the Packers are the weird one to me. That's just like maybe there's just a schedule wise too a much easier schedule than the Vikings. I think they're like 15th, whereas Green Bay is third easiest again. And just a lot of the kind of ranges of their outcomes seem to be more in that 9 to 10 range or 8 to 10 range, whereas the Lions maybe yeah. are more 9 to 11. <laughs> so it's closer than uh, – these games are going to be really fun. Um, even if this isn't the strongest division by any means, it's not – I wouldn't say it's the weakest in the NFL. Uh, I mean, we're going to about to talk maybe about the weakest. I was going to so, say. Unless we, to, unless we count yeah. the AFC South there. But um, – yeah, I, 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 maybe a little more excitement for this top end of what it could be. And I know maybe some people are excited for the fresh blood with the lines, and I am one of those for sure. Uh, but maybe the Packers, for all the years that we, you know, everyone thought maybe they'd take a step back. I don't know. I, I maybe have, we'll get to when we talk about our division uh, predictions. I'll talk a little more about Green Bay, but maybe I'm just way too high on what um, this roster kind of looks like. And maybe it's a, a kind of a, not necessarily a prove it year. It's going to be a prove it years for Matt LaFleur to see what he can do without Rodgers. But, I'm excited. I'm kind of excited for what Green Bay has built um, along the offense line and just overall as a roster. All right. So you kind of alluded to this, but I'm not going to say there's going to be a lot of people excited about the NFC South. But here's what I will say (laughs) is that I think there is at least a lot of intrigue for every single one of these teams in maybe not a Super Bowl contender type way, but um, it is that there are a lot of fa- interesting storylines here. So the Saints are at nine and a half on the projected win total. Falcons eight and a half. Panthers seven and a half. Bucks at six and a half. But if you go down the list, right, it's like okay, you've got the Derek Carr with the Saints. All right, so can he make the Saints, you know, a Super Bowl contender? Can he do that? The Falcons are interesting in their own right. Um, you know, you've got young players in place there. I think some feel like, all right, maybe this is kind of that potential breakthrough season for the Falcons in this division specifically, not saying it's a breakthrough in terms of winning the the NFC or anything, but just in this division, the Panthers have Bryce young. Um, that's enough to, to garner a lot of attention. Yeah. And in the Bucks, you know, in a very bizarre way, a, a Baker Mayfield taking over Tom Brady storyline <laughs> that you just would have never expected uh, in the history of the NFL. But here it is. And so, 
I mean, I think in a again, in maybe a different way. This is one of the the more entertaining potentially uh, divisions in the NFL. Although, like you said, could be the the weakest in terms of the you know the, the number of wins produced, which we saw how that turned out last year. But I'll give the NFC South a little bit of credit. I think there's at least some storylines. They're a lot of fun to think about. Even if uh, if you're talking about an entire division that I want no part of from a betting win projection standpoint. Here it is. Like, there's no way I could safely feel great about these teams. And just for the the schedule tie-in, uh, we've already talked about this, but they're going to get the NFC North and they're going to get the AFC South, yeah. um, which, again, feels feels very similar. I'm not saying that the divisions are similar necessarily, but it feels similar in that we just said it. There's a lot of teams that we feel like there could be a, a very wide range of possibilities for those eight teams that they, mm-hmm. you know, are, that are part of those two divisions. And then you add in the other games that are on there as well. So I guess the best way to put it, Dylan, is I would stay far away from these kind of win totals in the AFC South because I just think there's too many elements that you just don't know how this is going to turn out for all these teams. Yeah, you brought up one of the things I was going to mention, though, that the strength of the schedules really plays in the favor of us getting maybe some inflated records for at least one, yeah. two teams. And it's it's definitely, I think, the Saints and Falcons are, at this point, the two that uh, there are for, it's a, there's a reason that they're at the top of this list um, in terms of their win totals. Um, I, I would have maybe flipped Tampa and Carolina in terms of the seven and a half and the six and a half, mostly because I still think Tampa has at least a solid enough defense and still has enough good players to be in that kind of, like, I, I feel, man, I mean, I don't know. I think I, maybe Carolina for me is the issue there is I think their offense is still going to, as much as I want to be excited about Bryce Young, I think it's going to take a second still to know overall. Yeah. That line's quite ready. I know they, they were able to run the ball pretty well at times last year, but just, I don't know. Uh, I'm a little concerned. Seven, I'd like that number a lot more if they're at 6.5 about going over. 7.5 feels like an under yeah. for me. But for me, uh, overall, just not just based on the schedule, though, New Orleans and Atlanta feel like the, the strongest two teams in this division. Uh, what that means for their actual uh, competitiveness for the NFC crown overall I don't know. I think their their ceiling is probably winning this division and maybe winning a playoff game from there. But Atlanta's defense projected to be tenth. That is not something I don't. Mm-hmm. It's not since we started this podcast. Not even for a few. Even when they were you know made the Super Bowl. I don't know exactly where they finished in DVOA. It's probably around there. Um, but the thing about them is they have the second easiest schedule. And guess who's the easiest? The Saints. So the, yep. uh, these teams, uh, like you mentioned, playing the AFC South, playing their own division, and then playing the North and the NFC. You're getting a lot of good cross, uh, yeah, you know, cross uh, out of your out of conf- or uh, out of division games. They're going to play into your favor. We saw Atlanta at times. I mean, we've we've seen also in the in the preseason at times Ritter look okay. I mean, we saw Mariota more so go from Atlanta to not looking so great in his outing so far for Philadelphia. So I mean, maybe they do have kind of. It's going to be a lot of two tight end, three tight end, two back. Uh, situations for Atlanta. This is not going to always look like the most traditional football team under Arthur Smith. We, we knew what he did uh, to make uh, have so much success as the offensive coordinator in Tennessee with a lot of the heavy personnel. It's a lot of just big guys on this team, too. Like, looking at the you look at just like the roster, their offensive line, these are all massive humans <laughs> that they've yeah. assembled. And uh, receiving corps that I, I think Drake London's is legit. I think that Pitts, even for the things that we hold at high expectations, maybe just where he's drafted and those expectations have dictated the narrative around him. I think he's still solid and still can produce a lot. They still, you know, still have concerns overall, obviously at quarterback here, 
But this team, yeah, because of the easy schedule, because of uh, the, the idea of, you know, just defensive personnel they bring in, I believe it's Bates, right, that they got um, from Cincinnati and what that can mean for the back end of their defense. Uh, they're projected to have a little over 10 wins by uh, by Aaron Schatz's DVOI uh, projections with the Saints just a little bit lower at 10, exactly, 10.1 and 10. So, I mean, they're like neck and neck. Um, I don't know if, again, those those records, if they do get to that 10-win range, are really going to be indicative of their real strength. If you put them in the AFC, I don't think you're picking either of them to make the playoffs. Um, but in the NFC, I, I, I mean, I'm – We'll see when we get to our predictions episode, but I'm, there's a chance I'm going to go with two teams from this division making the playoffs, <laughs> and it's it's just because the schedules and um, I you know the Saints. I don't know if this was there's a conversation there to, to be about was this the best case or the best thing to do for their longevity? They just seem so determined to be middle of the pack team and not you know kind of re tear things down. Uh, yeah. Mickey Loomis and that and that and that uh, whole um, organization seem pretty helping on, on staying relevant and I think I mean I still think Derek Carr is pretty solid uh, I don't know how solid but uh, we'll see if the offensive line and different things can help him out there but you know I, I think the Saints are still going to be fine they, I mean they basically came right down to the end of the season last year right like they were in the playoff yeah. hunt um, the same way like it, obviously the division wasn't strong but I, I think with a lot less uh, solid or stable quarterback play than they might be able to get this year um, and a team that still has solid players on the defensive side. I don't think it's completely fallen off. Um, so yeah, it's a maybe. Yeah, maybe a more interesting division, and maybe one that even if I was saying a second ago, is this one of the weaker ones? I think record-wise, it's not necessarily going to be the case. I think they, they're going to really benefit from having the two easiest projected schedules in the league, and that'll get these teams up to maybe not if they get to ten, that's great. But I think nine to ten wins it will t- be what it takes on this division, and that might be all it takes to get into a wild card spot in this conference. All right, NFC West. Um, boy, again, you want to talk about the, the widest <laughs> range uh, of any division I think we've talked about so far, maybe. I'm going back to the AFC. Yeah, definitely widest range, and that is because the Cardinals are in this division. Um, and the NFC West, the 49ers, 10.5, the number here, the Seahawks, 8.5, Rams, 6.5, Cardinals, 4.5. So uh, pretty clear separation in terms of the, the, the betting win projections here with these teams. Uh, we get two games in between each of them. Um, you know, like I said earlier, the 49ers, I think, are pretty much a team that, you know, yeah, should be winning a lot of games based on, I think, this schedule and, again, maybe just this division. Um, just looking at it from that standpoint, we did talk about some interesting games they'll have outside of it. Uh, they played the Cowboys uh, at Levi Stadium there. They've got the Bengals as well. Um, they got to go to Philadelphia. They've got the Ravens um, in Levi Stadium. So it's just a note, some of those games outside of um, the division, they got to go to Pittsburgh to start the season. But, yeah, I mean, look, Dylan, I think this is one that probably I would feel a little bit better about. I think the Seahawks are – I don't know how I feel confident either way on them um, at the 8.5. You know what I'm going to say next. The Rams, I think I'm going to go over 6.5. <laughs> Um, because I just I tend to think they bounce back. But, again, though, when you look at the schedule, man, there's a lot of – I mean, think about this easy. opening. Yeah, I mean, think about the opening part of the schedule here. At Seattle, home against San Francisco, at Cincinnati, at Indianapolis, which I've got to believe they can win that game. Um, home against Philadelphia, though. And so, I mean, you, you know, they're going to be the underdog in four of their first five games. If not all of them, I don't think they're going to be the underdog against the Colts. Could be, I suppose. Uh, but – you know, for their first five, they're going to be the underdog just from a betting standpoint. 
And so after that, you know, you got the Cardinals, which should be a win, and we could go down the whole schedule. But, I, yeah, I mean, it's not easy to find enough, but I, I think they get to seven at least. And I know you were kind of joking. Um, maybe the worst thing would not be – maybe it is them getting to seven or eight. Maybe <laughs> just decide to win four and load up with draft uh, choices. But, um, yeah, I, I think this is one that, you know, I'd probably – bet the over on the Niners perhaps um Mm -hmm. Cardinals I I I mean it's like surely you can't bet the under but at the same time I look at their schedule I'm like yeah I guess you kind of can the Rams are the one I find most interesting here yeah they're the definitely the one that's uh, has the the widest range of opinions I guess there are some pundits and analysts that are thinking maybe San Francisco with the questions at quarterback might not quite live up to the last few years i'm definitely not one of those people i've i believe in exact everything they've built there and the sustainability of that defense even if the offense at, at you know and all the they just have so many playmakers even and i i don't think as much as whatever the narrative of brock purdy and how good he actually is whatever in kyle shanahan's offense i think he's going to be just fine um and that might be more than enough to to carry this team to 12 plus wins i i'm going over for sure yeah they're projected right with dallas tied for the highest projected win total in the entire NFL schedule for them just based on projections ends up being a little bit easier uh 21st compared to as you mentioned with the Rams there at 12 um I think the Niners are they're going to be a top five defense where they are in that top five could be one could be five whatever it is and I think they're still a top 10 offense that's in the NFC that's going to lead to plenty of wins yeah they're it's they always do this too they're you look at the early part of their schedule they start out with a few tough, not like overly, they'll probably be favored in most of these games outside of maybe Dallas. Um, and even then they probably would be favored at home. But uh, like, there's just not like outside of, you know, they play Cincinnati, they play obviously Seattle twice and Philly, but there's a lot of winnable games on San Francisco schedule as you went through it all. And then Baltimore, a tough Monday night game, but they're, you know, if they just win half the kind of tougher games, I think they're going to take care of business against most of the other opponents um just have too much faith in all the talent that they've assembled there and obviously adding uh Hargrave to that defensive line is just frightening to to imagine um Seattle as you kind of talked about there there that feels a little right I don't know I think that there's a chance that they're gonna I would go over on that um I feel a little bit better about them because I think the defense is going to be better I don't think the offense is going to fall off as well as much as DVOA at least projects them to be at 26 that seems quite low to me some of the, the uh, receivers they have we'll see if um uh, jackson smith and jing buzz can be healthy i know he might miss uh, the opening part of the season after the injury he suffered in, in the preseason in camp but um still that's a mighty fine receiving corpse i think gino's pretty as proven at least even if he's not going to be a top you know end quarterback he can be in the middle of the pack and maybe above average so um i feel pretty good with uh you know about the, the opponents that they get also in this division with the Rams and Cardinals. Like you said, the Cardinals, I don't know how you, what you do there because four and a half <laughs> is just so low. I know that every, I think most projections have them uh, to be, you know, there's a reason here on the betting line. Um, people don't know if they really even want to win um, because yeah. of the fact they have their own first round pick. Obviously they have the Texans first round pick. They're two of the three uh, by Aaron Schatz DVOA projections, two of the three worst teams projected in the league. Um, so that, I mean, they're clearly looking forward to potentially getting a Caleb Williams, a Drake may, and, you know, moving on from Kyler. I don't think that's on, even if they're not going to say that publicly, obviously that seems like a, something that could happen there. 
Um, and it's just a team that I think everyone on the schedule, when they see Arizona this year, is going to feel pretty good about. Maybe maybe uh, Gannon's able to use some of the um, players on defense a little more efficiently. Isaiah Simmons is a guy that we've talked about that's not never been, uh, or for the most part, hasn't been used to his strengths. I think they'll use him a lot more in zone and let him actually thrive just as an athlete out there. So I'm excited to see some of those kind of things, see what they start to build for when they uh, come up again. But, um, yeah, I think I'm not saying – I'm staying away from four and a half because it's just, I think they'll go under, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're a five and 12 team now. Yeah. Like the Rams, obviously the team I care about the most and pay attention to more than any, I mean, I'm going to tell you the defense, I don't think it's going to be good. I don't, I think even if they do take a, a step forward on offense, even if they have a lot more health along the offensive line and that's not always guaranteed, but, and some guys, uh, you know, their first or uh, one of their first draft picks from last uh, 2020, to Logan Bruss has looked pretty rough um, in, in the preseason. Uh, Havenstein hasn't, you know, as much as he's the staple and the kind of the long-standing guy along that offensive line, I wouldn't say he's uh, necessarily a dominant right tackle. I just still have concerns that that offensive line is going to be maybe healthier, but how good can it be? I'm not positive. Obviously, they need Cooper Cup to stay on the field. I'm excited about a number of players on that side, and I think Stafford being healthier and just finding ways uh, to keep him from getting hit so much and hopefully running the ball a bit more, bringing in Mike LaFleur. There's plenty of things on the offensive side of the ball I think will be better, even if they're projected 23rd in DVOA isn't so, um, you know, on top of that. But I think the defense outside of Aaron Donald is so thin. Uh, there's just so many guys that are uh, unproven at, at really key spots. As much you could, anything you want to say about Kobe Durant, some of the uh, defensive backs that they have, Yes, they're maybe they're going to be solid guys, but are they on the level of the star power that we're used to with this team? They're projected to have the third worst defense in the league by DVOA, and at the schedule, like you mentioned, especially early on. I mean, they're it's, and even the home games, like as much as uh, when they are at least uh, one of the top teams in the NFC, they're able to at least compete with the crowds of San Francisco and yeah. Philadelphia fans. Those are going to be pretty. There's going to be a lot of Eagles and Niner fans in LA on those days. And then they get Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh always travels so well. So I mean, you're you're playing a tough schedule, where those outside, you know, those first eight uh, first eight games. I mean, I think really Arizona and Indy are the two only two I think they can win. Um, that maybe they maybe they do pull something out, and the offense really goes off, and they're able to win one more. But I think a two and six start isn't out of the realm of possibility. And maybe yeah, maybe the schedule's not as tough the rest of the way, but still a team that. I think they're just really in transition. I'll be pleasantly surprised if they go over six and a half. But like, and as you mentioned, is that the best thing for them? I think a seven, eight win season. I mean, maybe that's fine if you if Stafford's able to stay healthy for long term and uh, for a number of years. It's just uh, year to year, it's going to be tough there. So, I mean, next year, whole different conversation. It looks like they're going to keep a lot of their draft picks. How they actually capitalize on those. And, and figure out this year exactly who's going to stick around for 2024. I, I think there, this is a necessary thing, but um, I, I don't know. Six and a half feels right. I, feel, I, I wouldn't necessarily uh, – I'm not feeling super well about them going over. I wouldn't be surprised if they do, but, um, yeah, I don't think this is a playoff team, even in the NFC. I, I think the, the realm of their uh, out, range of outcomes puts them more in that, you know – five to eight win range way more than nine plus and i don't think even in the nfc i don't think eight wins is going to get you to the postseason well there are thoughts on the nfc which as we said should be 
very interesting to see how this unfolds in some of these divisions uh, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, as we said, it's uh, the, the win totals are always interesting going into the season. But, man, it feels like there's a lot of teams in the NFC where you're just like, what do you do with these teams? Um, so not a lot of confidence, maybe a little more confidence on the AFC side, Dylan, because if I'm looking down 100%. the NFC side, I, I just don't see a lot that I'm confident in. Um, like I said, Someone maybe has the count. Someone has to win, right. And, I mean, like, I would probably go Cowboys over 9.5 is maybe my best choice uh, or most confident choice. Uh, beyond that, I mean, I, honestly, it's it's strange to say, but I, I might go Lions over 9.5. Like, I think wow. that's um, another one that, that may be my second one because I just look at the schedule and I'm like, man, there's a lot of opportunity there for the Lions. But, yeah, I think I'm staying away from the entire NFC South, uh, NFC West, uh, yeah, I don't. Is it? I'd, I'd probably go Rams over, but I just I don't love that choice. Um, and so, yeah, there's there's not a lot here for me that I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm all in on these. I just I don't see that on the NFC side. I didn't mean to talk you out of the Rams. I'm sorry, but uh, well, <laughs> I said I wouldn't go that much further over, but it just feels low to me. I, I wouldn't go that much far on that. Yeah, so. I, I I agree on the Cowboys. They're definitely my highest confident uh, pick here. I I expected as we pulled up these uh, lines for them to be at ten and a half. Um, so to get nine and a half, I think that's great value. I'm going over that. Uh, maybe I'm, yeah, it's like I just said a second ago, someone has to win these games, but I, maybe my, I feel more confident about some of the more pessimistic picks as much as I am excited to see what the bears can do. I think seven wins might be their peak. I, I think I'm going under seven yeah. and a half for them. I think I'm going under eight and a half for the Vikings. So uh, there's two that maybe are on the lesser side Packers. I'm still, seven and a half feels right basically right on if i if i want to go for the the biggest differences as i kind of talked about in the on the afc episode between dvoa projections and these lines that would tend to tell me that i should go with the the falcons isn't over but man it's still the falcons um <laughs> it still feels like they could as much as they should maybe take care of businesses against some of the teams in their division underneath them and the panthers and bucks will they i don't know it's, uh the saints falcons games always a, basically a coin flip so they're a little bit tougher. Um, I'm trying to think if I have like another really. Con- I mean, I'd go over on ten and a half in San Francisco and feel pretty dang good about it. They're probably next in line for me behind. This is just like the last episode where I was picking all the the favorites to go above their really high over unders. But I think ten and a half San Francisco. That's another one kind of like Dallas where I expected ten and a half. I expected eleven and a half for the Niners. I just think they're too talented and they've they've proven that whoever doesn't really whoever's behind uh, under center. This is not the same roster build as when they were even when they had you know the cj bethards of the world uh, starting at quarterback yeah. and they weren't necessarily winning games their roster was not that strong those years of losing helped them get guys like nick bosa um <laughs> and, and and some of the even if they've had to reload with you know buckner being god and some of the draft picks at the top including lance we'll see what happens with him i know really up and down first couple went from uh, having a really a lot of struggles early in camp and in the first preseason game, second one looks much better. So we'll see what happens with with him and hopefully he continues to get more reps here. But I I just feel like whoever it is, uh, it's Kyle Shanahan who I trust and that defense who I trust. So ten and a half, I'm going I'm going over for sure and feeling good on that. Um, man, and I, maybe the Seahawks, I'm going over. I don't know if that's yeah. how confident I am, but I, <laughs> if I had to pick one more to add on. They're probably uh, my next most. Con- I I really do think they're at least a nine and eight team. I I, I don't think they're going to fall off dramatically um, from what they did last year. And I think if anything, their defense should get better, and they have even more weapons on offense. I love Zach Charbonnet, obviously the UCLA guy, and 
has just been running people over needs to maybe chill the frick out the same way that DTR needs to chill out with all their trying to truck people but uh uh, yeah, I think uh, Seattle has a chance to, in this conference, again, it's, everything's relative. Um, I think they're, they have a chance to at least be a 9-1 team and possibly a double-digit win team. I, I do want to say, like, how many of these teams, it were, if you put them in the AFC, would you feel good about making the playoffs? Three? Right. Yeah, there wouldn't be that many with them. Um, <laughs> Niners, yeah. Eagles, Cowboys. And even Probably, then, yeah. they're in the middle with a lot of really good teams. It's, cra- it's crazy how different the dichotomy yeah. is between the, the conferences yeah definitely a big difference so if you want to get our thoughts and which we're probably a little more confident uh in the afc you can check that out on our previous episode with our afc win projections uh look at those but uh, that is our thoughts on the nfc but for now dylan lots of stuff to get everybody ready for the start of the season uh at clutch points let everybody know where they can find all that yeah, you can go to clutchpoints.com to the NFL section. We have all of our season-long predictions starting to come out next week for every team. So far, looking at uh, roster cuts, guys in danger of losing their starting jobs, all that good stuff on uh, on the NFL. Tons of coverage of all the news, injury updates, basically anything going on. And then, yeah, our fantasy section there at the top of the homepage. Lots of content on uh, outlooks for basically any player you'd be considering drafting, looking at sleepers, ADP values, all that stuff. And we'll get to our fantasy episode, I believe, next week here. And then, yeah, you can follow the rest the final week of preseason and then the beginning of the regular season in the Clutch Points app and all of our content's in there as well. So, yeah, it should be getting close. You know, we got week zero college football games in a few days, even if Navy Notre Dame is the headliner. But uh, (laughs) at least if football is here, it's great and it's a good time and uh, very excited to to finally get to week one for the NFL. A lot of anticipation coming up. Yep. Check it all out at Clutch Points. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use, search for Establish the Pass. And thanks, as always, for listening to the podcast. And we'll talk to you next time here on the Establish the Pass podcast. <laughs>